0: hi this is joseph arthur thanks for checking out come to where i'm from please support us on patreon patreon.com slash come to where i'm from we are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated
1: are you guys done with the record did you make a whole ep or yeah we made the ep um and we're still i mean we're recording all the time we have a bunch of sort of stuff we're waiting waiting to release, but the EP we finished several months ago, uh-huh. you know, we've just been waiting. To. Where'd you record it? At uh, 111 4th Avenue in Peter's makeshift oh, okay. uh, studio apartment turned mu- music studio. Yeah, that's where most studio. people make records now. Like, yeah, just it's amazing recording? how much you can pull off and it's but well I guess we pulled it all off in there we were yeah
2: we rehearse in there as well it's like residential building that we make a lot we make a lot of noise in
1: yeah the nicest nicest neighbors in New York And, and people don't complain no I mean, as long as we stay within business hours and yeah. don't make too much noise My neighbor the across the, the hall is a
2: poet from Columbia, and she's just like, turn it up, I love your music. She oh, like really? quotes our lyrics. Yeah,
1: there's a, what kind of glory are you looking for, is a refrain from one song. We came out one day, and she opened the door, and she's what kind of glory are you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> she's it's very illuit, exciting. Yeah. you got to put her
0: in a video. Yeah. Uh,
1: She's kind of agoraphobic, so. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: That means like you're afraid of wide open spaces?
1: Yeah, b- b- wide open spaces and well, I guess also heavily populated public spaces. Mm.
2: Is that Yeah, I yeah. I just thought it was like afraid of going outside of your house, like
1: So <laughs> what, She's a homebody. What kind of glory are you looking for? It's uh it's pretty wide open. What kind of glory are we looking for? Yeah. <laughs> um Is that a the chorus? respect of the respectable yeah and uh you know um access to some sort of bliss button that I can press it will yeah that doesn't come back to haunt you yeah exactly cuz there are bliss buttons but right yeah some sort of like a uh, organic non-corrosive bliss button so how did this project come to be like you
0: guys all met doing hedwig right on broadway is that correct
1: yeah yeah that's how i met peter i'd only seen matt matt like a couple to- i don't think you actually ever did the show while i was doing it I, I, I met you backstage i was time.
3: side stage i think i was shadowing justin at yeah. that time
1: yeah yeah, but these two yeah. sort of bonded on the tour.
2: Matt and I used to know each other back in the day when I was in a band called Morningwood. Oh, uh, okay,
0: Morningwood. Yeah, that yeah. was with Jen Turner as well. She
2: played in it for five minutes, like. Uh, but, okay. Uh, Matt, we used in a photo shoot and we made him get stripped down into his underwear. It was a photo shoot that we weren't going to be in it, but the singer Morningwood had a crush on Matt, so. We made him get in his underwear and tied him up with like guitar cables and. Um, made me. We Do you remember that? Yeah. It invited. Vom- him. It was Very <laughs> invited. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a girl there too in her underwear. Matt and her got to roll around, kind of like got a free, free pass. Yeah, sheet.
3: it was like it was free, free pass. But then I think it was banned by Kmart. It was like banned across America for being too too sexy, salacious, too sexy, too yeah. sexy for Kmart.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought it was banned like B A N D by Kmart. Which is a different. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. Banned by camera. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's pretty funny too. Yeah. So yeah, we do an intro of who so, we have here? Yeah. Introduce yourselves. <laughs>
3: All right. Hi. <laughs> you We're not first. Waiting for <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, I'm Matt Katz Bowen. Um. Yeah. And I'm I'm Michael
0: C Hall. I'm Peter Janowitz nice to meet you guys it's great to again. be here joseph well, yeah we've met before right
2: yeah, yeah i i've been to a couple of your famous mushroom painting parties mm-hmm. am i allowed to say that, oh, on that yeah i mean you could tell it say anything <laughs> it was just my friend I, we you were have a just mutual painting friend. mushrooms yeah
1: <laughs> you might have just been painting mushrooms
2: yeah. yeah no
0: i was taking copious amounts of mushrooms <laughs> right. and <Okay>. painting
1: <laughs> not that I'm, I'm not doing that now here no. really. <laughs>
0: Now it's just painting. Was that no, the year painting. of mushroom? No, era? I don't know. Sometimes a microdose. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But they were they were really inspiring parties just because just big rolls of canvas on the floor and paints everywhere and like Yeah. And good mushrooms, so you can't really go wrong.
0: Yeah, just trying to uh I don't know, get get free creatively, you know? Mm-hmm. So This is so interesting, though, because I didn't even know, like, I'm doing some research now, then I realize you, like, did some stuff with David Bowie, too. Like, that's pretty intense. Lazarus? Yeah. And then you sang that on the Colbert show? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Was Bowie alive when you did that? He
1: was. He was, um, you know, the Black Star was certainly a more high-profile thing, but at the end of his life, he had two things going. He was putting together that album and then putting together this stage musical called Lazarus that was based on the character of Thomas Newton from The Man Who Fell to Earth, the one he played in the movie. Um, The subject of the stage production was that Thomas Newton is still alive in real time and he's living in a penthouse apartment in New York City sort of in self-imposed exile and Mm -hmm. eating junk food and drinking gin and basically having some sort of protracted fever dream and uh Bowie's music was the music for the the it's a play with music more than a musical really but um hmm. but yeah he was uh he was there throughout the process his uh, last public appearance was uh opening night but um yeah it was through Hedwig i think that i kind of had what turned out to be um, among other things a really well produced audition for <laughs> Lazarus you know right and people came and saw that who were involved creatively and were like oh yeah he can He can pull this off. He can do this. So I was invited to do that. And, um, yeah, I mean, hanging out with him is like, I don't know, initially I had to turn off a part of my brain, you know, just to kind of have a conversation, but he was really someone who didn't lord over his iconic status. He just, um, kind of was able to, he had some sort of skill that was apparently invisible, but he put people at ease, um, and uh, he was an amazing, um, obviously an iconic artist, but really an amazing human being. Right.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that must have been a big. Honor. Were you nervous oh, yeah. to like sing that song on? Cobra? Yeah, I mean, the like, first
1: time I sang, all you the did great, by the way, too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, for real though. Like the Thank version
0: you. is like. That's a nervy thing to do, yeah, yeah, it
1: was um, you know, the first time I sang all those songs for anyone was for him in a little studio apartment of the music director um on the in the east village, and once I did that, just sort of one on one i i was kind of unfazed after that, right I was like, well, if I can sing him sing' them for for David, yeah, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I came off stage after one show, and he said, uh, you know, would you, would you be willing to sing uh, Lazarus f- for me on the Colbert show? And <laughs> I wasn't eh, let me think about it. No, I was, <laughs> it was a very strange thing to be asked to do that by the likes of him. But yeah, it was incredible. So you
0: seem to make a habit of doing like challenging things that are like surprising. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Or is that just happenstance?
1: I mean it's not I don't have like some sort of mission statement you know where right. where I but yeah I mean I I I mean this is one of the most sort of serendipitous like artistic opportunities right. I've ever um been presented with and I'm just really grateful but um I don't know I feel empowered by these two guys to how so well i i don't know i mean i i think i think i focused on acting more than singing um when i started embarking on like some sense of a career Mm -hmm. and uh kept coming back to singing the hedwig thing happened i got a taste for what it was to front a band Mm. and then the lazarus thing happened which was sort of like um being tapped on the Shoulder or something, and saying, Oh, you know maybe i'm maybe there's something here. maybe there's something here and then and then i I just offered to sing on tracks that Matt and Peter were making, and um It just, it went well. You know, we wrote, I I wrote some lyrics and on the spot and it just, it just clicked. And, uh, and as far as being empowered, I mean, I think Peter was like, if you have any song ideas, you know, sing them into your phone and sing them to me. And, uh, right. And that's a sort of part of, and remains a part of our writing process now. So. So yeah. you're
0: producing the music, or you guys both? We both bo- do, both? yeah. Oh,
2: okay. We, we all kind of, and all three of us, actually, we use some of the vocals that Mike sang into his phone on his, in his bathroom at home, you mm-hmm. know, just in the actual master track. But, um, yeah, we, we uh, I don't think we, sometimes Matt does production on our track, sometimes I do. Um, I end up doing all the vocals with Mike, producing the vocal mm-hmm. with Mike, but um, but it's very collaborative. We, uh, we take Comp turns. Comp
0: vocals and stuff like that? yeah. How much, yeah. how deep do you go with that? Like, or is it like couple takes and then uh, that, nah. or you go like 10 takes and comp like. it. How, how I mean, it
2: varies. Things? Well, we're also writing a lot while we're recording. So yeah. we experiment and uh, Mike has like, f- God, like, f- like five different voices in his vocal arsenal. And so it's in a wicked falsetto and on, and there's all these weapons. So it's just about finding the right, um, the right thing. But I remember the first time he came over, after I'd played him some stuff, he was like, hey, if you guys need a singer on some of this, and I was like, yeah, come over tomorrow. And he came over and just had it, written a couple lyrics on the way on a notepad or at home and melodies just came out and it was like one of those, and we, the, that song is called Love American Style. It's gonna be on our first EP, which comes out in March, so.
0: And is the uh, EP self, like self-titled the band name?
2: Yeah, that's a long band. It's name, a mouthful. You know? So we Princesses. figured we I feel we, like we, do we
0: don't need a title. Yeah. Exactly. I
1: feel like it's fine. It's enough <laughs> yeah. title. <laughs> yeah, if we do it, uh, the, the next goes record to the butterfly be museum be Princess right? Goes to the Butterfly Museum again. We'll
0: Against? The <laughs> oh, right. The next one. Nice. And did you get that? You got that from a friend's kid? She said that? Yeah, it was my daughter. Oh, actually. your daughter. Yeah, okay. yeah,
3: she said that.
0: She what, said that. What was the occasion with that?
3: What was the occasion? Um we had gone to, we had actually gone to a butterfly museum uh-huh. and um, she loves princesses and princess right. stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, makes um, I think sense. It kind of makes <laughs> sense. And I think yeah. I asked her, you know what, what she had another little friend who's, um, whose dad is also a musician and, and we were like, so who, you know, you guys should have a band together. What would you call this band? Mm-hmm. And she said, princess goes to the butterfly museum. And I was like, it's pretty good. Can I take that band name?
0: Still <laughs> that? Princess she goes like, Sign here, she here, is, uh, and here. <laughs> she is suing us now. So it's it sucks. like P. You got to get one of those like P. Acronyms. Acronyms. Like, yeah. P-G-T-T-B-M yeah, yeah. PGTTBM. Yeah, yeah. PG. Yeah, yeah. But then there's BM in our
2: name. So about. yeah, there's the there's yeah. the BM at the end of yeah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> PGTTBM. Yeah, that
1: sounds yeah. like some sort of scatological uh, fetish uh, group. That's
4: the <laughs> new disease coming out. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So and you. Play the uh, the
3: keyboards. I do keyboards, yeah. And then
0: you play drums, yeah. And but like you guys are kind of both all
1: rounders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you just sing, or do you play guitar? I
1: d- I, d- I just sing. You just sing. Write the words mean it like that. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> hey, you you only sing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Don't you do anything else, bro? I
0: mean, come on. You've I, been a I d- bit lazy with your life. <laughs> I mean, why don't you dig a little deeper, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: But also, you play keyboards for Blondie, right? Or you did?
3: Yeah, yeah, I do. I continue to play with them and record with them and with Debbie and and a uh, bunch of other bands, Cindy Lauper stuff. Still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just in Japan. Just in Japan wow. with up? Cindy, uh, just the other day actually, and we were like, "What's up, Japan?" What's and up? then Japan was Jealous. like, "What's up, Princess? You got to bring Princess." And I was like, "You guys are gonna be could I say, nice and yeah,
0: and you're a native New Yorker.
3: That's correct.
0: What, what about you?
2: I grew up in uh, Utah. Oh so yeah,
0: right. I was just there for Jewish, Sundance. Jewish in Utah, they called me to ski. Utah. A Jew in Utah.
3: What do they call you? Utah. Utah a Utah. Utah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's,
0: yeah. How long you been in New York then?
2: I've been here 25 years. Okay, me yeah, too. Same sort of thing. I love it
0: here. So, so, yeah, me too.
2: Can I name drop for him too?
4: Yeah. I mean, you've played with Natalie Merchant yeah. on her, on Tiger Lily, which is huge.
2: Yeah. How that did, how did you hook up with her? Uh, really quickly. I was in a, I, I was in a band called The Wallflowers. Better Flowers. be really quickly,
0: man. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, kidding. We're in a podcast. I'll you take, can stretch I'll it
2: out. A, I'll stretch this shit <laughs> you out.
1: You don't even have to be quick.
2: <laughs> One day, um, really slowly. Just I you know I, I was playing in a band called the Wallflowers out in in LA oh, and uh, kind of just hating that scene and and that kind of music uh I I met Natalie in in LA and she was like fuck these guys I'm going to quit the 10,000 maniacs once you come and uh move to New York and let's make a record together and and I just said okay and we were actually seeing each other for that period of time, so it was. Kinda, oh, you were dating? Yeah, so it was kind of like scandalous. I was her employee, but I was also <laughs> her lover. It was weird, it? but there is—it is pretty hot to I'm make your. Not pure. a
0: movie owner. I'm also a client. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, she was. No, she
2: was an awesome woman to play with because she. Uh, she just she's also a visual artist like you, Joseph, right. and she's. She. Great voice. It was an amazing. Yeah. trying for me to meet somebody that's so powerful and so just in her zone she kind of unlocked me creatively and making that record was so how awesome. involved
4: when you're in tiger lily
2: I, I mean i co-produced it with her and uh wow. even though she didn't put a production credit on the record I see. um that's and <laughs> it was just great <laughs> oh, it was fun <laughs> hey
4: uh, listen it's a, it's an amazing album amazing
0: yeah. well it won some grammys and stuff. Oh. Too.
4: One of her best But you did the second And third with her too I did right? a few with her yeah, yeah And then
2: we broke up It was it was built to Got it. N- You know Break
0: Built to break And then So did you ha- Where did you grow up?
1: Uh, North Carolina For oh, the most okay. part Oh nice Yeah both my parents Are from a small town In eastern North Carolina I grew up in Like the Raleigh area Oh okay Yeah I came to New York In like 93 mm-hmm. To uh, go to Grad school For acting Actually oh, okay. where did uh, you go? NYU. Oh. So that's what brought me to New York. Tish. and uh, Yeah. And I've been more or less here. I've done, like, a back and forth to L.A. for five years and another uh, solid stint for eight. I did my L.A. time. but uh,
0: Where was, like, Dexter and all that filmed? L- L.A. L.A. So yeah. you had to live there then, right? Yeah, no? exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what about uh, Six Feet Under?
1: That's shot in L.A. too. Strangely, yeah. uh, both... Six Feet Under and Dexter shot on this little lot called Sunset Gower Studios in Uh-oh. Hollywood. I mean, this is tiny, uh, and so I basically worked at the same place for 13 straight years. Yeah, without you know that's having funny. any expectation that that kind of thing would happen with a
0: yeah and like acting thing and researching this too, like just checking out some of your interviews. I think it's like something funny that you say that's like because your subconscious doesn't know fact from fiction. So oh, right. some part of you thinks you've killed, like, tons of people. Yeah, and embalmed. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. right. yeah.
1: That's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I like, <laughs> I, I think it was, um, I don't know where I encountered that notion, you know, that ritual is effective um, due in large part to the fact that there's a part of us that doesn't recognize the difference between the actual and the simulated or the... Yeah you know that's why people engage in ritual and uh, if simulating something as an actor or in any other kind of form of expression there's there's a part of you that's recording it as as actual and yeah, yeah so so yeah some part of me thinks i've uh, done a lot of bad things
0: yeah, like, well, even, like, okay, just somebody who's watched a ton of Dexter, you know, mm-hmm. like, that gives you ideas, like, oh, like, Guilty too. you know, yeah. like, you could be like, oh, yeah, like, just even, like, on that level, you're yeah, like, don't. oh, yeah, like, oh, you could just do that, like, yeah, not yeah. that you would, but if you actually were acting that, that, that's kind of intense.
1: Yeah, it's, um. You know, if you're if you're making a living uh, and and doing what you love, uh, you feel like you're getting away with something. I right. always have as an actor, and I really felt like I was getting away with something when I was playing Dexter. You know, yeah, oh, because then you were was, like it was, getting away it was was with double killing people, too. double, like, yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was you know those days when I went home after having. Offed someone or yeah, I felt great. You did, yeah. It's a it's a rush, huh? Yeah. I and I just you do whatever <laughs> kind of internal alchemy you, yeah. you 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 need to do to make it feel like it's something you'd actually do and feel good about. So you know, right. if you think about some victim as some part of yourself or some part of the external world that you'd like to excise or do away with, and 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 approach it that way. It can be uh, liberating, wait, say that again. that was a lot um like <laughs> like i'm not really inclined to kill people, right, you know, but there are things in this world, both internally and externally, that I'd like to do away with, mm-hmm. so if I can endow this fictional victim oh, with those characteristics right. and do away with that mm-hmm. it can be a therapeutic ritual yeah. to
0: simulate such things. yeah, yeah. kind of like writing down your new year's resolutions and then burning them at yeah. midnight or something <laughs> yeah yeah so when you're when you, so you're writing the lyrics yeah okay so have you thought about like p- putting any of that kind of energy into like some of the songs like some of that sort of
1: edge to it like, I haven't thought or, about it consciously. Right, um, so it's more of an unconscious thing. Yeah, yeah. I I certainly haven't thought about, you know, that character or any other character as I've approached uh, writing lyrics. It's mm-hmm. more, um, I don't know, It's sometimes it's a specific story. Sometimes it's a series of sounds that feel right, you know, but mm-hmm. there's no, uh, it's all me
0: right and is this the first musical project that you've had like original yeah music yeah that's cool man how do you what do you what do you think enables you to take chances in doing things such as this like you know so many people are just locked in their own limitations Mm -hmm. what do you think about you has
1: has enabled you to like explore yourself this way um, I don't know. I mean, I've never been one to like jump out of airplanes or anything, but if there's a daredevilish impulse, it's probably like a creative one mm-hmm. and uh, a chance to do something that's scary is a chance to be invigorated, you know? Right. And so, uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, do you I do
0: risk. Like were your parents risk takers or anything? Like, do you see any reflection there? Like,
1: not really, no, I mean, maybe I'm doing it for them, you know, right that that um that Jungian thing that says that you're obliged to sort of embody and act out your parents' unexpressed shadow energy, yeah, like I mean maybe, maybe that's a part of it, but no that i don't I don't think that they. Uh, were daredevils that way, okay? Or are, yeah, right.
0: And Hedwig was like, uh, that's where you guys met, but that's like when you discovered your lead singerness, probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been singing since I was a kid. Since I was like a, you were in Chicago, boys a, oh, yeah, a boys' bar. I'd done right. musicals and stuff. Right, um, but yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's that's the first time I got to front a band, right. Know?
0: and how did you guys wind up on Broadway like because you guys are more band dudes right yeah
2: one of our mutual friends or two of both John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask uh are both friends and collaborators and Stephen who wrote all the music to Hedwig said to me he's like oh you're the drummer you're going to be the drummer and I was like "Ah, I'm not really performing that much these days and so he dragged me into it and uh I'm really glad he did because I just remembered after you know years of just being in bands, I switched to bass in Morningwood and was just kind of leaving the drums behind. And then I was like, "What the fuck? Drums are the only, the only thing I want to do. The only thing that really makes sense, and probably the only thing I'm r- really good at." Um, but uh so it was just being friends with the guys that wrote it, and that's cool. Yeah.
0: That's so funny because now I remember Cerise was like oh, right. the foot- photographer for yep. Morningwood which was yeah, my ex girlfriend she,
2: she was a she was a good friend small, before
0: small world yeah. yeah yeah so why were you not playing drums for a while what what I happened I think
2: when Natalie and I broke up I was just you were just done yeah like I went from being Peter to Pedro I just which <laughs> by the way don't ever give yourself a nickname because then you <laughs> like. I just was like,
0: dude, fuck I that Peter like guy. I remember, like, Cerise talking about you now that I yeah, think Yeah, because she's it. a
2: Virgo and a sheep like me. We're, yeah, we're, we're connected astrologically, but... Um, That's so fucking funny. She's, yeah, she's a total wild. Virgo. She's rad, so give her a shout out, Cerise. She's super rad. I really yeah. like her.
0: I'm friends with her uh, mom, too. Nice. It's nice. It's nice when you, like, maintain connections with the ex's parents. <laughs> when you it know it's, good, it's yeah. all pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. And how'd you get to Broadway?
3: Well, I'd always wanted to, um, you know, be in the great white way. Uh, in the great, in the great white way, isn't that what they call it? The, the great that's white what they call Broadway. it? This is new. I'm <laughs> from right. Ohio. You got to slow down. I don't know why they call it that. I hope that's not like no. a fucked up racist thing. No. Actually, I think. You're why do they call it? It could
1: be. It could be interpreted. I don't know why they call it the Great White Way. I mean, maybe it's just about the just the gleaming lights. You know, just writing. Yeah, back when they
3: didn't have so many lights, and they're like Broadway. No idea has lights. Yeah. So. But no, I used to play in this um, in this band of like a bunch of drag queens. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really do drag, but I did play with them. And mm-hmm. John Cameron Mitchell, who wrote Hedwig and was Hedwig originally, he would come and sing with us sometimes. Mm. And um, it was with like Mistress Formica and Squeezebox, that whole like New York 90s drag crew. Mm. And then John was like, um, hey, we need someone to fill in for our music director and i was like hell yeah count me in Mm -hmm. and then i showed up and he was like all right you got the job and, you know, I would hire you, man. Oh, thanks. Bro. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, he's a bro. native
0: New Yorker. too. Yeah, likewise. I mean, unbelievable. You know? And yeah. straight up wizard. Yeah, definite <laughs> wizard energy coming from you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and the free Gucci glasses are <laughs> sick. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
3: I got the swag. Yeah, I feel yeah. like
4: Broadway poaches, re- like, quote, unquote, rockers and musicians a lot to to like lately. Yeah, yeah lately on, it's, on it's been.
3: More like we don't it's want this. oriented
4: that way now.
3: Yeah, it's weird, but it it's like if you think about it, that's like, I don't know, it's it's like, yeah, the new, the new thing, the new thing. Kind it's of. Like, I know mean, you guys
4: know Matt Beck. Yeah. So he's Matt Beck with 20. Matchbox twenty, and with Rob Thomas and gets stolen yeah. for Broadway all the time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And
4: uh, waitress and a bunch of the like every other day is on a different one.
3: Yeah.
0: So you guys just did Mercury Lounge, right? Yeah. And then yeah. are you going to go a full-on tour across America and do all that kind of stuff? Or, like, are you ready to dig deep on this one? I think it's hard in there. Yeah? I mean, yeah. as far
1: as playing outside the city where we played exclusively for the past... How long? Is it, About, a it a yeah. About a year. A uh, year. We're going to take a trip to L.A. Okay. Uh, April. Not sure exactly... We're going to do some recording out there but we'll also do some gigs out there but as far as a more extensive like tour we have nothing planned but nothing planned. We're open to
0: it. See what happens. Yep. Put the EP out and figure it out. Yeah. How what's the reaction been like?
2: Well, like you said, we only have one song out and one video. Right. Um come for, talk to for, me is coming out soon. Yeah, our yeah. second single's coming out this week and our video is coming out in a couple weeks for the for that, but um it's been good, and it's all been playing to people at our shows that have been kind of coming all year, and so they're starting to get to know the song. But are they a lot of people don't know the songs yet, you know, that come to see us.
0: What's and the that, deal with ketamine? Did you guys like? Did, you wrote that one, the lyrics. Yeah, to it? yeah. Were you, are you? Do, have you ever taken ketamine? <clears throat> um, you don't have to answer. I've
1: taken it, uh, <laughs> uh, therapeutically, uh-huh. in a in a psychiatrist's office. Interesting. Um, it's something that i guess is happening more and more but you take yeah, a for depression a therapeutic dose uh through an injection and it really just takes you down for about an hour and right. you go on a mind adventure like you go in a k-hole <clears throat> right like yeah yeah isn't that scary it is but you know the the whole set and setting thing you know right you know that you're in a safe place okay um leaning back in an easy chair with some sort of curated soundtrack to accompany your, uh, your trip, your trip. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I did that alongside someone, uh, on a couple of uh, consecutive sessions, and that's uh, part of what inspired the lyric. Okay. Yeah.
0: And it was uh, for, to treat depression?
1: Um, yeah, in my case, yeah. I mean, I, I've sort of had a, a low-grade drizzle of that that I've contend- contended with, you know, Forever. most of my yeah, life. Me too. As many, <laughs> many, <laughs> many, many do. Right. You know. Yeah. Nobody, anybody who's like, oh, I don't, I have no idea what that might be like. I don't trust those people. You right. Know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, have you been <laughs> to planet earth? Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, uh you, uh, you paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was, um, it was pretty fantastic actually. Yeah. And I found myself, um, actually, saying I feel forever changing at some point while while I was in that's what inspired the first uh, I feel line I feel forever I changing. I want to feel forever changing. Yeah. And just the and 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 uh and uh having a sort of um divergent experience from the person who was beside me and, and feeling like I couldn't completely give over to the experience I was having because of my awareness that their experience was pretty different. Oh right. Uh, just uh, like on the edge of my awareness. That they were and, having uh, a bad time, perhaps? yeah, and 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 um, and it just felt sort of like a metaphor for a relationship. You know, you want to kind of, you want to kind of give over to your own trip, but you want to honor whatever somebody else's trip right. is. And if you completely give over to your own, you can't be with someone in the way that yeah. a relationship requires. And that's kind of what the song is about.
0: That's super interesting. So that was in a therap- therapist's office of, yeah. and it was kind of like relationship therapy too because uh-huh. it kind of like highlighted like here's the issue. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to be able to enjoy your own
1: experience. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> kind of thing.
1: Yeah. But in a way it sort of confirms the connection you have with the person. I mean if it had been alongside some stranger and... They were having some divergent experience. I'd be able to be like, "Well, you know, right? So what?" But it yeah. it, it sort of confirmed the 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 depth of my connection to this person, right? You know? that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And did it also help with the
0: depression afterwards? Like, I think it- so
1: in a way. I was really worried about what I was going to discover, and uh, it turned out it was um, much more celebratory and. Spectacular the little inner landscape that I visited with my ketamine fueled jet pack right it's like oh this is kind of great down here yeah was it like spirit God type type of vibes um yeah in a very sort of uh, earthy way a sort of pulsing um, fleshy pulsating Blood coursing, kind of a sensual way. Um, that makes me want to kill somebody.
0: <laughs> right? <In huh>? <laughs> <city>. <laughs> Just yeah. as a joke. No, no, no.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> it always. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I like that though. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Did you have you done any other like we talked about mushroom painting parties? Have you guys <clears> done <throat> any of that kind of psychedelic stuff or? A bit, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: not not for some time, but yeah, yeah.
4: Strong yes from him.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. No, I love mushrooms. I haven't done them since this morning. Since yeah, (laughs) me me too. That's so funny. Is it lunch? Yeah, Yeah. but yeah, Um, fuck yeah. That's all I'll say. I think it's time we all do them. Yeah, it's definitely time for you to do them again. It's so time.
0: I
1: would I would cut a new song with the butterfly if only everyone worldwide could do them simultaneously i think everything Mm -hmm. would have a much better chance of working out
0: well uh, like they're legal now like in colorado they're they're making them legal and like the therapeutic dose and like i think a lot of people microdose. yeah yeah you know which is i think a really good way to go about it because it just sort of elevates your consciousness a little bit Mm -hmm. and helps you i don't know stay connected i think good for depression too. Yeah. Where are you guys going to play in
2: LA? We're going to do a show in April. I think we're trying to figure out the exact date, but we're going to play down in the desert, uh, Pappy and Harriet's. Ooh, oh, nice. Joshua Tree. Hopefully. I mean, it's not booked yet, but we're working with uh, Robin, the booker That's there. Great. And, uh, we, we actually haven't found a, a gig in LA yet that so we're still looking for that You should record at
0: Dave Catching's studio That's we where are, we're going Oh killer Really? Yeah. He's, uh, he's been
2: on the
1: podcast Oh cool oh, yeah. yeah he's yeah. dope we, yeah, went he's out, we went out there to talk to him He's a, oh, great, yeah. he's a great, great friend. Two days in the studio Yeah we're going to do a weekend there Oh uh, that's good Yeah Yeah
5: Wow
4: When you guys play live are there? Uh, do you have like Is there bass Are there other musicians Or just the three of you? Yeah. Just the three There's of the us Just the three of us Nice And then
0: What's the setup then? If it's the three of you keyboards drums vocals that's
3: yeah. it no yeah no guitar yeah no you gu- have no there's guitar some, i some ableton type yeah there's some ableton type stuff um cuz i can't you know i only Play have everything. two hands but yeah. i do take care of the bass and the the you know keys sort of the melodic music elements mm-hmm. for the most part although sometimes we bust out the guitars occasionally we do acoustics yeah
2: we started. I, and I play electronic. I play drums. They look like real drums, but they're actually electronic. Um, nice. I think when we started, we were like, "Let's let's avoid electric guitar and uh, let's try to make our music using electronic sounds just to change it up," you know. And That's interesting. We s- kind of stuck with that.
4: Same in the studio, no bass.
2: Uh, no, we put bass on stuff. We just don't use electric guitars, you know. We and we use acoustics occasionally, and we have a lot of uh, different. We have a lot of songs. We're releasing six next month, but I think we have about, I'd say like we have about 40 songs and Whoa. maybe wow. 20 of them we feel are good enough to, to get out in the world. And um, yeah. Cause you know, like we were talking about before Michael, Mike's first band and the first songs yeah. for, for me, it's been amazing because like he, just to watch him sort of catch fire experience writing his own stuff and Mm -hmm. writing his first songs it it's just like been incredible output just like trying to keep up with it all we we haven't really stopped writing for yeah it's like when somebody
0: first discovers a gift in something it's like that's like the magical time
2: yeah and i'm like really attracted to that energy of like oh you know keep going (laughs) keep it going you know because sometimes if i stop writing i forget how to do it i'm just like momentum based how do you write even yeah it's weird
0: Um. It is about momentum. What about like performing live? Is it similar to like when you're working on Broadway or like filming a TV show or something? Or is performing live a whole new level of nerves that you weren't counting for? Or was it like, oh, this is nothing, this is easy?
1: It's it's uniquely nerve-wracking maybe because you're putting across something that's your own you're not you're not the mouthpiece for somebody else mm-hmm. you're not interpreting somebody else's words or or music but that makes it all the more exhilarating as well right um, i mean my first experiences performing as an actor were on stage and i trained to be a stage actor and i acted on stage so being on stage is something i'm Used familiar to. with you yeah. know i mean that the magic of um being in the room with the people who are uh taking you in while you're mm-hmm. <laughs> living through it, you know. Yeah. Uh but I don't know, it's like getting on a ride, you know. Mm-hmm. It's um it's I love I love um we're kind of all three in our own uh worlds but they intersect in a way that uh I don't know, I don't even want to It's alchemy it's hard chemistry
2: to describe. Alchemy, yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the band chemistry stuff like that.
2: And three is a good number too, because there's never a, there's never a tie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very democratic. Right. Kinda. <laughs> and <laughs> Rush. But... Rush had three. I know. Come on. Yeah. Neil yeah. Pert. Shout out to Neil because he was my hero when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, Love
0: him. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, because Bowie, like, would play characters though even yeah. though it was himself no i I,
1: th- I think like as a i mean as a fan of music but as an actor i certainly recognize right. the inherent theatricality in what he did mm-hmm. and his you know various incarnations and right. even within the thin white duke ziggy stardust yeah these are all characters yeah and and um even within you know the scope of a single song, you'll hear him characterize his vocal delivery. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there are two, even three, or mm-hmm. more characters and points of view coming across. So. Right. He always conceived of his albums as musicals that just never
0: got made. Right. Or at least that's what he said in a couple interviews I read. Yeah. It was like Ziggy Stardust was going to be like a Broadway musical, but he just... Never sort of finished it. Never took the leap. But it seems like with Black Star, he was actually... Or is it Black Star or Dark Star? Black Star. Black Star, Star, yeah. He was actually doing
1: that. Yeah. I mean, Lazarus... Lazarus. The the musical that accompanied Black Star and that incorporated, I guess, two songs that were on the album and then two more songs that were just in the musical but that were written around that time. Right. It actually... You know, he gave Enda Walsh, the playwright, a catalog of maybe not his entire catalog, but he gave him, like, here's 60 songs that you could possibly write a script based on this Thomas Newton character and incorporate the songs however you see fit. Right. You know, which is kind of cool. Like somebody like him, in no way being iron fisted about his Mm -hmm. creative capital or whatever, you know, just Mm -hmm. just, um, delegating and. um, I don't know, I I like that in this band, I don't feel like any of us are particularly precious about our individual ideas, you know, I feel like we're all about what we can, what we can come up with together, you know, to make us, you know, blah, blah. What do you do to overcome fear? Hmm.
3: <laughs> <That is good. laughs> Let's start with I you. I ain't afraid of shit. <laughs> um, well, God, what's you know, just, just the usual, I guess. Just mushrooms, microdose, <laughs> microdose, <laughs> Ma- um. macrodose, microdose, megadose. <laughs> no, um, you know, listening to Alan Watts. Oh, um, I love Alan oh, Watts. Yeah, yeah, we love Alan Watts. Yeah. So good. Um, that can help. That can help, yeah. And meditating. Although um, he had a weird stuff.
0: end, Alan Watts. What was his end? I think he like was pretty much... I don't really know, but I heard... That he was like kind of like caved into the booze towards yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You when, know? like when you want your spiritual masters to like ride on out. and Like romdost Dass- that shit all the yeah. way out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. But I don't think he romdost it. He didn't I think he, like, it. he went Keith Richards at the end. Yeah, like, Fuck why not? It, no? I'm getting oh, fucked up.
3: Do you guys yeah. Yeah. know the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Tibetan Buddhist Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another another one who was kind of like booze-knit and coke coking it up at the end I think throughout Maybe some
1: unsavory yeah yeah
0: but I mean he <laughs> like trash them all. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> you know well I mean I don't think were there ain't disputed, no guru though. that can see through your eyes that's what John Lennon said mm. uh, you know yeah
3: and I think there's some truth to that and none of them were saying like worship me I'm God they were just right. like here's some stuff that I figured out and check you might like it
1: yeah Yeah, you know none of them are the moon they're just maybe the finger pointing at the moon i don't even know if the moon is the moon anymore yeah you
0: know you can go down those (laughs) raps. what's the moon point what's the moon bro (laughs) somebody give me a microdose quick
3: i don't Uh, even know what (laughs) language you guys are speaking right now
1: it's amazing your ability to sort of absorb the sounds we're making and how they you know the linguistic rules and and say things that sound like english and you don't even know what the hell you're talking I'm, about i out. you're doing remarkably well <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> what about you what do you do like what's what's your uh way to get yourself in a good state to be a creator in this Topsy-turvy yeah, like universe. like Mike
2: said, you know, the things that interest me are the, also the things that scare the shit out of me. So right. I think of it as just running head on, like trying to, screaming, you know, like a madman just like trying to scare fear uh, away. But like also being a drummer is kind of a blessing just because I get to beat the shit out of things. Thanks. You can't really, if you play the drums scared, you know, which I have and, you know, had periods where I just sucked. And, you know, you just, drums is a great place to Great meditative sort of act to work through your own anxiety, which I have a shitload of, you know, at times. Mm-hmm. And just it's physical, it's like exercise. So it helps deal with some of that extra energy that I have, you know. Yeah.
0: Do you do any kind of exercise? Yeah, like I do yoga. yoga,
2: you know, by myself at home now because I'm just, I graduated to a home practice. You know, home practice? I'm yeah. still not
0: there. I got to go to a studio.
2: Yeah. I like doing it at home and just you know breathing and 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 like I said playing the drums as much as possible it keeps me sane. If I don't play drums for a few days, I get really like I start to get depressed and like yeah. you know, hopeless and. And you play
0: electronic drums in your house? In yeah, your yeah. That was
2: that was the revelation because we live in these tiny places in New York City, and um, that was one of the reasons also why I I just wasn't playing that much drums for years. I didn't right. have anywhere to play, and then. I got this amazing uh, Roland V-Drum kit. I've had one of those before. Which, uh, right now, they're really state-of-the-art, like, really sensitive. They're basically the same feel as real drums, but I can wear headphones and just beat the shit out of them. And and it changed my life, really, um, to have those. Super lucky.
0: Yeah, have you ever considered moving out of New York for these never, reasons? Never, never. I know it's I mean, tough.
2: I got here like twenty five years ago, and I just like felt like kissing the ground. Yeah, because I was like, I felt home for the first time in my life, and I, I wasn't even like I, I planned on that. I just got here, and I was like, oh, I f- my my mom's from Queens, and my dad's from upstate New York, so maybe, just being here was, you know. way to tap into my my history a little bit but i just love it here do you ski snowboard and ski yeah and we and i go to utah a lot um
0: amazing there dude
2: my parents still live there i love it yeah
0: yeah like the mountains there is crazy were you just there skiing yeah just skied for the first time in like 10 years nice at sundance i like i made my because i've gone before to play at the cafe and all that and I was like, "This time I'm skiing," and I did. They tried to discourage you every step of the way because it's expensive as hell to get the lift ticket and all that. But I was like, "I don't care. I'm going." No, it's like a hundred and ninety bucks. Really? Like, yeah, dude. Like it's crazy expensive. But I was like, "Fuck it. I'm going. I have to." You know. And then Kobe passed away that same this day I got there, and yeah. I, that also like you know rest in peace. You know. But that was also like. You know, nothing is guaranteed. Any,
1: you know. I was skiing when I found out Kobe Bryant died. Really? You. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Where were you skiing? I was in Steamboat and Breckenridge in Colorado. Oh, okay. And uh, I guess I'm not sure which place I was when I heard that, but yeah, skiing is fantastic. I only got into it. I only did it a little bit when I was a kid, but my wife was like on a ski team when she was a kid, and mm. she's really good. So I, my learning curve has probably been better than it would be if I weren't trying to keep up with her, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's great. It's, like, performing live. I mean, there's, it's so engaging. When yeah. you're doing it, it's all you're doing. Right. You know?
0: And and you get to hang out on a mountain. Yeah. Like, there's it's no beautiful. other time. Like, if there was no snow, you couldn't just, like, sit there and, hey, I'm standing right next to this tree, and I'm at the top of it, but, like, on skis. Yeah. You could, like, just stop and then you're on a mountain yeah it's fucking wild <laughs>
1: it gives you like some respect for 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 planet earth you know yeah like if you fall it's your fault yeah you know? yeah that's <laughs> you can't true. blame the mountain yeah
0: so what what do you do like do you have like a physical fitness regime or anything because like, you've been like jacked before too like all like yeah in i had a like, ripped moment yeah you've had ripped moments i've had ripped how'd moments how'd you get to that Cause I'm into that kind of stuff.
1: Um, I, I asking think for a friend, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> he wants to know. I, <laughs> I was just, um, I was, I think I was just curious about, yeah. you know, what it would be like to really lean all the way into that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I started working out with a guy who trainer, was all about, you know, helping people yeah. do that. Helping and people get jacked. Yeah. 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 Um, it's fun when you get in
0: the and good shape of It life.
1: is. It feels really good to be really strong and yeah. really fit. Like, it's exhilarating. It is. You know?
0: How'd you do it? Like, just gym or did you go to yoga and box um, or anything? I that? did
1: some yoga, but it was mostly just uh, working out with this guy who, who uh, this guy, Greg Jujon Roche, who unfortunately has passed away mm. uh, since then. But, uh, yeah, just... Um, I don't know. Just, just finding someone who was really kind of kind-hearted and sweet, but also able to indulge my masochism and, mm-hmm. and put me through paces that I would never put through put myself put through on through. my own. And uh, yeah. and I got you know I got it's a bit addicted to the to, to the rush of it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, whenever I'm feeling bad, there's nothing better than breaking a sweat. You know, right. it's just kind of.
0: That's another one for the depression. Yeah, is exercise. Yeah,
1: especially road life too. If
0: you go on tour, you know, just like running and stuff like that at tour stops, I find that's really important. Yeah, because otherwise you'll go into the dark side. Yeah,
1: it'll just put you in your body, take it yeah. out of your head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
3: I was gonna say even walking, which sounds dumb and obvious, but. I've noticed when you're on tour, or when I've been on tour, sometimes I'm like, I haven't really walked outside for like three or four days. Right. And then I'll go outside and go for a walk, and it's amazing. Yeah. And so we're lucky we get to live in New York where we walk pretty constantly, I think.
0: Yeah, well, the brain arose to facilitate movement. That's what a biologist told me at a party. <laughs> and it blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like it just like the more you move the better the ideas are mm-hmm. you yep. know like if you go on a run and you're like working on lyrics or something like your brain is like okay cool you're doing what I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. you know and then it'll, let me give you a good idea yeah. you know and there's like yeah. no
3: separation really between mind and body whoa whoa exactly I mean, but <laughs> right mind is body you're right and that's um, true Uh, yeah it's yeah it's true so who are some
0: of like your big influences musically speaking like what's the band like is there like a kind of a list of influences that this band is kind of like inspired by or is it just open-ended
3: I feel like um (laughs) let's see we all kind of come together on a lot of things but um Black Sabbath I think you'll hear so Do you hear much? Ozzy's
0: new song? No. The one no. with Elton John? No. Oh my god. That's really good. Damn. Cool. very Beatley, very oasis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Love Ozzy and Elton. Yeah. 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 Black um, Sabbath. Black huh? Sabbath, um, Giorgio Marauder, um, for synths and, and you know, we like to go down that route occasionally. Um Justice. Like Justice, Justice the French electro yeah i know who they are With yeah the upside down
0: cross or is it yeah the right yeah they're up? big awesome. into the cross, yeah. Double cross
3: um all that you know kavinsky um he's dope but then we have our sensitive side too um so here's some twins you'll hear some cocteau twins yeah you'll hear what some kind of synth are you my using? bloody valentine Joni mitchell synth wise um what have we been doing lately? Um, Got that
2: Nord 2, the second Nord. We have the Nord 2. What about the
3: Moog 1? Um, yeah, that thing is nuts. We have a, an old Moog Model D, which we kind of just mess around with. Yeah. And it's not perfect. Like, it, it has some weird glitches that kind of make it into the recordings, but that kind of makes it better, too.
2: We've been yeah. using a Fender Chroma. You ever heard of the Chroma? It's a keyboard? No. We've been using that yeah. a lot. Um
0: I've been tuning to 432.
2: Oh, okay. you're sick.
0: Why?
3: You're sick and twisted. I you, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> you tell
0: me. You tell me. Yeah, um, have you ever heard of 432? No. The tuning? Like, instead of 440, you've uh-huh. heard, Yeah, you've standard heard being 440 Standard's 440, but if you tune everything to 432, it makes, like, a more sort of peaceful waveform, like, mm. more sort of symmetrical, like, you can... Analyze the musical waveforms and they're much more beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I've
3: heard this theory, and I've also heard that the Nazis invented 440 exactly. as a way to try to win the war. Right. And we all To make it for more it. aggressive. To make, yeah, yeah, more aggression. Something like that. Something like that. Shit. Damn Nazis. So, yeah. So we might be like eight, I don't know, millicents off of yeah. the actual
0: note. What about you? What are some of your favorite singers? Um...
1: Oh, man. Nina Simone, Mm -hmm. um, um,
0: Bowie, Newsrat. Newsrat? I was on real world records, same label as him for a while.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, God. Joni Mitchell for sure, Dylan. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of all over the map. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Iggy Pop? Oh, yeah. Iggy Pop. Um, I mean, I like Iggy Pop. I like... I like Nusrat. I like... <laughs> I like the Talis Scholars. Mm-hmm. I like, like, old Palestrina Masses a lot. Um... um Billy Holiday. Mm. So jazz stuff too. Yeah, Johnny Hartman. I don't know who um, that is. He's a jazz vocalist. He's actually the only jazz vocalist that Coltrane ever recorded with. Oh, really? There's a there's a there's an album that they did together. He's like this rich baritone. How'd you get into he- jazz? I don't know. Um just heard it and liked it and uh yeah. I like uh I don't know. I mean, I don't think my my uh jazz knowledge is encyclopedic or anything. Right. Encyclopedic or anything, but I love Thelonious Monk and Coltrane, you know. I just yeah. know that all the time. Was, did you come from a musical family? Mm, not really. I mean, my mom sang yeah. uh, growing up. Uh she I know that for a time she sang at weddings, you know, that oh, okay. was like a little side gig for her. I mean, she's a guidance counselor, educator, uh school teacher her whole life. But uh I think that's where I got, you know, any singing voice I have from her. But uh but no, not not really uh I didn't really um don't come from a family of um creative artists, right? Man. Yeah. So this
0: is a weird segue, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, you uh, surviving cancer. Mm-hmm. How, like, what did you do in order to overcome that? Like, that's,
1: like, a pretty impressive thing Yeah, to I mean, I don't know. I, I always, um, to be honest, I kind of, I don't like the sort of beat cancer language you know? okay sorry no it's all right it's yeah but I just don't feel like I feel like the fact that I survived cancer has a lot to do with um the fact that I good health insurance right uh the fact that the lymph nodes that were affected um that it grew in the direction of the side of my neck and so they poked out of my neck and so right. I saw them early right um the fact that I got a kind of cancer that is beatable or not, sorry. To yeah. Use yeah. That word is, 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 treatable. I think right. it's, it's a, um, non Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. Um, you know, it's like one that they don't know much about in terms of why it happens, but they know a lot about how to treat yeah. it. But yeah, I did six months of chemo, yeah. uh, once every two weeks. And then on the off weeks, I would do these injections to stimulate, uh, white blood cell growth in my bone marrow right i don't know when i found out i got it i was like almost bemused because Mm -hmm. i was 38 i was about to turn 39 that's an age that i always anticipated because my dad died of cancer when he was 39 so i was like right i was like oh um and my mom had breast cancer and was a survivor and Everybody was worried about like, oh God, have you told your mother? And I wasn't worried about it. I told my mom that I that I had the diagnosis and that I was going to do chemo. And she and she was like, "Well, it's going to be a trip. Welcome to the club." What a
0: fucking that's amazing. So <laughs> yeah. you were you were like, the word you use is bemused. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, just kind of like, like, like that with the universe. It's almost yeah, like just if the like, universe throws you some crazy. Yeah, shit, and I've like, been, okay. Bring it on, I've motherfucker. Been, I've been
1: looking at this. You know, I have sort of a sort of survivor's guilt. Yeah. My dad died when he was when I was eleven. He was right. thirty nine. Yeah, and I'd always been anticipating that age. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm coming up on my thirty ninth birthday, and yeah. and I get this cancer diagnosis, and I'm like, oh, cool. I guess uh, <laughs> I guess uh, this is what's happening. It's yeah. a it's a it kind of if nothing else, it exploited the uh, the depth of my Um, Survivor guilt because my dad got cancer in 1982 and by the time he discovered he had it he had masses and four organs and wow you know the the chemotherapy drugs were relatively so primitive then right did as much to hasten his demise as Mm -hmm. it did to help him whereas I got it and I found out that if I embarked on the course of treatment I would probably be fine and I was like, ah oh, man, I just got J V cancer. Dad's mm. the one who had real cancer. <laughs> mm.
0: That's <laughs> uh, that's a good attitude. That probably helped
1: Yeah you survive it. I mean I, in a way I felt like attitude. I won the cancer lottery. I thought that I would like I would uh, you know, really really get super healthy while I went through treatment and do a lot of meditating and Basically, it was just day to day. I was just like, I'm just gonna get through it. You know, a friend of mine said something- didn't do
0: visualization? Oh, sorry,
1: go ahead. No, no, a friend of mine said something really helpful. He was like, you know, know, sometimes like you're wearing jeans and you get caught in a downpour and you Mm -hmm. got wet pants, Mm -hmm. like wet denim jeans, Mm -hmm. and you can't take them off. He was like, you're gonna have wet pants for like six months, Mm. but then you'll probably be able to take them off. And I was like, yeah, man, I just got wet pants. Wet pants. That helps. Yeah. But yeah, as far as visualization or anything, I think it was more just like taking it day to day. Like, what's the next thing I need to do? Right. And... uh, What do the wet pants help? Like, because that's
0: just being... Acknowledging I'm going to be uncomfortable. Acknowledging
1: that I'm going to be uncomfortable, that it's going to be a drag. Right. um, But that it's not... Well, you know, one way or another, it's going to end, you know? It's Mm going to be... So...
0: Yeah, that's cool. And so, not too much like visualization, white light healing your body type of thing. Or, because I mean, mm-hmm. I do that anyway, just like, yeah, when that's
1: no, I mean, I did, I, no, I did try to, when I had energy, I tried mm-hmm. to move my body, right? I tried to sweat and I tried to just, you know, it, it was really there were two chapters. Maybe the the treatment that led up to the point where the cancer went into remission, right? And then I had made a commitment to do treatment beyond that, and I did it. You know, the doctors were like, "You're you're otherwise very healthy, and uh, right. you might as well really not just stomp on the bug, but squash it right. in the ground." You know, but it was at that point that I really felt like I was poisoning myself. Uh. You know, because it wasn't really attacking the cancer. The cancer was in remission, and it was at that point I was just like, stuff. "I'm just beating the shit out of myself now." Right. So you stopped, but no, I, I went through it. Oh, I, I did the whole course of the six months. But uh, right. Yeah, one of the most exhilarating times of my life is when I stopped doing chemo, and all of a sudden my body could start regenerating, and right. feel like Superman. It was amazing.
0: It's fascinating, isn't yeah. it? How the body regenerates. Yeah. And-
1: but I don't feel like I beat cancer. I feel like I, you know. I was an otherwise healthy person who found it relatively early and it happened to be a cancer that you know doctors knew how to treat. Right. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. So do you guys do anything practice of visualization stuff like that? I'm just into that kind of shit like Joe Dispenza, like that book You Are the Placebo, healing yourself like mm-hmm. or I listen to Abraham Hicks a lot when I'm not listening to Alan Watts, the old drunk <laughs> you know, do you get into any of that? Abraham Hicks visualization? Like like manifesting even what you guys are here now doing. Like mm-hmm. how do you think that came to be?
2: Well, I I definitely believe in the healing power of creation itself as being one of the greatest ways to heal yourself, you know. What do you mean? Just like, you know, Making things, I learned, you know, back oh, way back in my 20s that, like, oh, I feel better if I make things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I didn't know that about myself until I got to a certain point and And then I realized, oh, like, I feel better if I, if I, like, let my creativity sort of express itself and encourage it and nurture it. I just feel better. I don't know if this answers what your question I like where me. you're going with this. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm sure you know, being a visual artist and a musician and multi-talented... It's just feels good, you know, and and it's like just that's the one thing that I know it to be true. And I, you know, as much as possible, like if I had one mission in my own life is just to try to get my friends or people that come into my life to have that same revelation that I've had, you know, because it keeps working, you know? Yeah even and hopefully always will like um it's
0: funny how like we get in our own way with it sometimes you know like where it's like all of a sudden it's impossible to like make stuff Mm -hmm. and then when you get into that flow state again you're like it's so fucking easy what what was the big deal you know what about you how do you keep your creative life alive besides those shades
3: yeah well yeah the shades are a huge part of it <laughs> they're obviously. a big deal yeah kind of we should do a podcast about it but um <laughs> I yeah think we I think, are uh, we are right now <laughs> yeah i think peter has that um that kind of enthusiasm that's very infectious so once i started jamming with peter i was like oh yeah this is great because i can go you know record and, and do stuff on my own but it was a while since I was just doing that type of vibe like jamming and writing and co-creating yeah and um and so that's been a great part of my life um, yeah since that whole business started but yeah so Peter's I mean, like an angel pretty much he's kind of a guardian angel um over there pretty much but yeah I mean also like this morning I, I just woke up and I practiced some piano just some like Carl Philip Emanuel Bach and um, Chopin Nocturne that I'm trying to learn which is killing my left hand it's B major mm-hmm. um, I think it's number three or something and that always leads to more creativity um, a lot of the time anyway yeah yeah just press record and then start improvising and then stuff kind of comes out do you ever like when you're doing that like cause like I think we're similar
0: probably age-ish. I don't know. I'm probably older than you or something, but I don't mean to insult you or something. (laughs) But I'm just saying like, sometimes like when I'm like working on music still, and I've been doing this since I was a kid, I'm like, man, how lucky am I that I found this and I still like it. And it still like engages you, you know? Yeah. like That's that's the big gift. Like, Like when I talk to young people now, I'm just like, look, if you have something you're passionate about, that is success. So many people are completely lost and have, and have nothing or they have something and they have like have blocked themselves or are blocked to accessing it. So that's the gig is getting yourself into the place where you can be creative and open and, and producing through the muck of life, you Mm -hmm. know?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That is one of the benefits of being getting older too is like, can you imagine having to go back and make those decisions when you were young to, like, dedicate your life to creativity? Like, it just it, seems like... Yeah. A, I don't know. For me, you know, it seems, like, scary to be young, you know, in this world with... I know, without growing up without computers and all that overstimulation yeah. of just, you know, being forced to go out and play with the neighborhood kids or just, you know... When I was a kid, there was, like, one TV. It was, like, MASH or... um the pretty yeah. Bunch, you know, or, or, the, about or
0: Mel's Diner, or Mel's Diner, you know, exactly. kiss, my grits. kiss My Grits, yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> Flores. Music thing now because yeah. with acting and stuff, it to be creative, it requires like getting apart, having a whole yeah. crew, like this yeah. whole big organization. But with this, now you, you it's
1: almost like pocket-sized creativity, yeah. right? Oh, it's liberating, it's man. It's gotta like, be. Don't depend on anybody else's right. decisions to make your own. You know, you, you uh, yeah. If you're an actor, you you really are are dependent on a lot of other people mm-hmm. um, initiating things, saying yes, whatever it might be, to do your thing. And as far as revealing yourself, you're doing it sort of covertly right which i like about acting you know yeah you, you can sort of tell your personal truth through another character through, ca- through somebody else's yeah. words and all that and you, it's almost like um um covert yeah into, but, uh, but yeah i mean being able to i mean i feel like every time we get we, we make plans to go to the studio uh Peter shows up, and I'm already there, just like... Right. (laughs) Can't (laughs) wait. I love it. I love it. We're back in the clubhouse. I love it here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there have even been times where Peter's come over and discovered, like, I didn't know you were going to be here. I'm just there, like, looking out the window. Right. Uh, (laughs) But, no, it's, it's, it's... I mean, I feel like I'm in some sort of state of creative grace. You know, this is not something that I... I don't, think, uh, and I think it's true for all of us. Is we weren't like you, we should, we should give it a shot. You know, we should uh, try to mm-hmm. form a band. I mean, I think that's you know, the, more often than not, that is the case. You'd, one thing leads to another, and all of a sudden, you're like, we gotta come up with a name. Mm-hmm. That's where Matt's daughter came in. That's great. But, uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's 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 amazing to uh, to be dependent on nothing other than the. Whatever alchemy exists between the three of us, yeah, uh, among the three of us, is this
4: the main focus for you guys moving forward, or do you have to juggle schedules with other projects that are going on? And like, what does your agent think about you doing the band now? Do you like not take his calls, or is, wh- what's your priority
1: yeah,
0: he's just on that? Yeah, his agent. Man. Well, I'm, I'm, not, here, I'm Fuck sure you, bro, some, I'm one, one the of them is someone adult. isn't happy in the situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everybody's happy, dude. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean. I think I think they're 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 into it um but I don't know my manager's into it he put ketamine on the hold music for his uh for his office so that's that's cool <laughs> <laughs> subliminally like getting it to everybody who calls my manager's yeah. office they're like what is this You know what I
0: love? I love the studio where time bends into weird directions. Have you noticed that? Like that time, like all of a sudden if you spent three days in a studio, it seems like you've been there for like three weeks or something like that. Time time does, does it do that in Broadway too? Time do weird things like that?
2: It gets like Groundhog Day on Broadway because you, you basically live the same life every day, you know, seven nights a week uh, or six nights a week. So it's, it's, it can be a little repetitive, but it's 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 really fun. it's not something I ever thought like oh, that's on my list of things to do you know, in fact, being in bands forever, like Broadway was kind of looked at as being a little bit cheesy, like Broadway jazz hands, you know but mm-hmm. like but then doing Hedwig, which is one of the greatest shows ever ever written it, it was like kind of like that birdman movie coming to life, you know it just mm-hmm. there is something so these theaters are so old and like dirty and haunted and it's it's incredible. I highly recommend everybody. Is it still going? No, it only lasted a year and a half. And then Matt and I went on the the Hedwig tour for like almost a year or eight eight months. And um, well, nah. cool, man. Yeah, so well, we, we've
0: no. been going for like
2: yeah. A
4: hour, I think right. you guys have another uh, appointment, and you already gave us more than uh, we asked for. So the album is coming out sometimes in March. The new single, "Come Talk to Me," is out. This week, which, whenever this episode is out, will it's an EP, be out. though, n- not a full.
0: It's length. an EP, yeah. 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 Are you going to do a series of EPs?
1: We're not sure. You know, maybe we'll do just like a song a month kind of thing, another EP. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. this desert length. recording with Dave Catching mm. will
2: be its own, like, little EP. That's going to be that's great. Gonna be magic, yeah. Yeah. No, magic. that's going
0: to be fucking rad. Excited. Have you ever worked with Dave? Yeah, not. I mean, I've been to that studio and I've recorded there, but I haven't worked with Dave. But we're talking about doing a project called The Manifestors where we uh, we discussed it on the podcast where like the idea is that like words are really powerful, you know, and you you talk things into being and like especially like with songs, there's some real power. So we were just going to write a whole bunch of songs, like saying, I love my new mansion, you know, "I <laughs> 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 fucking love driving my Porsche, yeah, you man. know, put it out there like right? that's material, but like just, yeah. you know, manifest the manifestors just manifesting positive it's true, though, when you, put things, that shit out. you know, it's it true. is true. It's like, I'm more thoughtful of that. Like the words you speak and how you speak things into existence. Yeah. You know, do you, do you think like that?
1: Yeah yeah i
0: uh i do i do i do i do it's writing a song right now <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut it <laughs> 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 i do i do
2: i <laughs> do. Let's do some neil pert air do. drumming tom sawyer um
0: favorite neil favorite neil pert lyric um
2: I know, cause right. He wrote the oh, lyrics. Right. Um, the I mean, Tom Sawyer. Tom you know, Sawyer. Twenty nine twelve. Limelight. Tom Sawyer's legend, legend.
0: Hemispheres is one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. All
2: right, cats. Well, thank you, man. Listen, thank you thanks so for doing thank it. I
0: know this is a, like a strange uh, little podcast we got going <laughs> <laughs> no, on. Oh, man. This, this is this is great. All okay. we, we were man. thinking. Okay, good. Farts. <laughs> <see their> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm <laughs> that's happy to all we hear aim that. And. When's the next New York show? I want to come see the March twelfth. March twelfth. Mercury, Mercury Lounge. Lounge Mercury again. Lounge. We'll okay. You know.
2: Yeah. We yeah do we'll that. Come, come and be our guest. I'm
0: getting. Yeah. I'm getting ready to go on tour for two and a half months in mid March, but I think I'll still be there. Yeah. You're leaving on the fourteenth. Maybe. Dude, those shoes are
3: insane. Thanks, man. Nice. You too. Oh, thanks, uh, man. Your socks. Oh, Princess goes to the <laughs> butterfly to museum. Wonder Woman yeah. playing shoes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Invisible, invisible shoes. And congr- all right guys congrats on thank your you.
2: residency here I mean, oh you guys, really thanks, have man. So cool. this yeah it's is pretty interesting i
0: appreciate mm-hmm. that yeah all right guys thank you thank you thank you see you thanks later you a lot. yeah